Um, tell me if any of you had the uh, same question in your mind about this recent election. You know, you never really know who the candidate is. You don't know them. They put a nice, you know, a nice show on. You never really know. But there's something that was really bothering me at first, this time around. Because from, you know, a little bit you can, you know, hear, I listen a little bit in the car, you know, to um, the candidate who got elected, uh, clearly not being fully okay mentally, you know, not knowing what state he's in, saying he's running for the Senate, he's really running for the presidency. So you know that who you're voting for is not going to be the person running the country. It just can't. So how do millions of people vote for somebody when they know that this is not going to be the guy and we have no idea who is going to be the guy? Well, at first this was bothering me a little bit. But then I realized that Terence is pushing. Well, hold for a second. I got, I got a little uh, inkling from just listening to the breakfast talk that uh, there are probably some people here that are into sports. <laughs> just by a show of hands, can you show me how many consider yourself to be a fan of a team that you are really happy when your team wins? It's okay, you can say no, it's fine, you can tell. No, okay. Yeah. So, and probably also a little bit let down when the team loses. I, I know what it's about. When I was in, uh, I think it was maybe ninth or 10th grade. Yeah. The Knicks were playing the Celtics. Celtics were favored. It was Chalmay Pesach. I'm sitting, uh, watching in my parents' bedroom. Knicks are down by one. Phil Jackson's on the line. He was a good defender, not a very good shooter. He was on the line for two foul shots that could win the game. I felt my heart pounding. <laughs> I could feel it pounding, like, you know, like when you're running away for your life, you know. <laughs> they hit the shots. <laughs> and they won that. That was their second championship. So it's a very powerful thing in a person. Do we have any idea what this is all about? How is it that I get so emotionally invested in a team that I know they don't know me, I don't know them, they don't care about me? There's no real connection, but yet there's a power of connecting to the team. And it happens even in like, you know, even like almost like silly kinds of ways. We're like, you're just watching a game. My, my, my seven-year-old grandson is already a big Packers fan. He was at the house, Shabbos, last Shabbos. You know, he's watching. He's like, I'm really like taking sides. Okay, go Packers. I don't care about the Packers. There's a pull. Your team has to win. And that's what it means to vote for your candidates. If you're, if you're on a certain party, there could be other good reasons, you know, they hate Trump. But if you're... You're a Democrat. Your team has to win. It doesn't matter who the candidate is. That's, that's irrelevant. 
So what is this all about? Okay. We'll put that aside for a moment. I'm not going to say no for sure, but maybe possibility. Okay. Oh, now, by, again, by a show of hands, how many people here have learned a little bit to say from Mestil Sishar? It's the first parak. Okay, that's not, that's not enough, but uh, okay, Mr. Shem, you'll get there. <laughs> not to worry. So, the Mestil Sishar in the first parak is laying out very basic ideas that the person's purpose in creation, Hashem's purpose in creating a person was for him to receive the maximum, greatest pleasure and benefit that's possible to receive. And where is that? Of course, Olam And how is that accomplished? Through the mitzvot, to coming close to Hashem. And he goes on. And then he has a little section where he says, that no intelligent person could believe that the purpose of a person's creation is for his life in this world. It seems nowadays we have a lot of Mephorshim and Musasvarim, and it seems like there could have been such an idea among the Hachamim of other nations. Maybe they don't even know about Olam Haba or didn't believe in it. So Masul Sharm is laying out that no intelligent person could believe that a person's essential creation was for his state in Olam Hazet, because after all, there's no person that has really completely pleasurable life in Olam Hazet, and it's very short. So for sure, the Creator, who has the capacity to give, and wants to give the greatest good, Olam Hazet is definitely not going to be the place where that's being achieved. So what can it only be? as a preparation place to be able to receive all the good. You can have some good, but the real experience of it is only later. Then he continues and he says something very interesting. I'll try just to say, say it over. He says, in addition, if, his, if the purpose of his creation was just for this world, it wouldn't be necessary for him to be given a neshama that is so great, so exalted, that's even greater than the malachim. Shorish is a neshama of Kalisrol from the highest, highest point. Like the famous words in the Zayah, Kutshabrichu, Yisrael, Varaisa, Chadhu. Highest, beyond malachim. Wouldn't need to have such a great neshama. And especially because the neshama doesn't have any pleasure from anything in this world. And this is what Chazal taught us in Merish Kohelas on the Pasuk, Gamma Nefesh Loisi Mole, the Nefesh will not be satisfied. And they give a mushal. The mushal is to a princess who married a commoner. Now, how does that happen? Maybe, you know, the king had to abdicate the throne. The country was thrown into turmoil. And um, she found it necessary. It's better than just, you know, being unprotected. She accepted the offer of marriage 
by a, a, a person who was not of royal stock, not a crown prince of some neighboring country, but nevertheless quite a wealthy commoner. Now it's hard for us to relate to this concept of royalty, commoner, different classes. It's not something that's not part of our world anymore. There was a time that royalty was viewed as like a different type of person, like super being. Of course, in the non-Jewish world, they looked at it as divinely ordained, but even somehow like of a different type of person. The crown princess married a commoner. Said Chazal say, if he'll bring her everything in the world, so he's very wealthy, but he's a common. If he'll bring her everything in the world, it's nothing to her. Why? Because she's a princess. So too, if a person will bring to the nefesh, to his shama, everything in the world, it's nothing to the nefesh. Why? Because the nefesh from the highest, highest place, the nefesh is what we call chilek alukah. Of the of nature of already starting off connected to Hashem, related to Hashem. Stick with me. So, here's the question of my side. Is there any need to explain that the nefesh does not have enjoyment from physical, material things. Would anybody think that when well, you're having a good steak, that your neshama is enjoying it? I don't think so. You learn, you know, a difficult taisvis and you get a little shot and it becomes clear. One of my chaveim in yeshiva, he would get pshat, such a simcha. Ah, so you know we work at something. Oh, get an understanding, starting to make sense. And it's also maybe sometimes amazing, but the ideas that we could come across. Oh, then we understand that the Shem is having enough. When I do something good, maybe we'll hopefully see something in the Rambam if we have time. So that we understand. But from 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 Olam Hazeh, from materialism. But anybody think that the neshama is going to gain and get pleasure out of materialism? So why do Chazal need a mushal to explain to us? The princess married the commoner. He's bringing to her everything in the world. And he's bringing her to everything in the world. He's bringing her beautiful jewelry, traveling, building her a gorgeous palace, carriage with Six white horses. He's the greatest physical enjoyment, the best wine, the best caviar. He's bringing her everything in the world. What do we need this muscle for? What, 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 what do we need this to tell us that the Nisham was not gaining any pleasure from anything of, of this, this world, materialism? It's obvious, it's pushing. Does anybody hear a question? You could say no. If you don't raise your hand, that means it wasn't clear yet. <laughs> okay, let's try again. Chazal telling us that 
and the Shama so great, and it doesn't have any enjoyment from anything of this world. They're going to explain it to us with a mushroom. What is a mushroom? Whenever we see a mushroom in a medrash, or even in later people, Chavetz Chaim uses mushroom a lot. It's always intended to help us to understand something that we need the mushroom to help us to grasp. There's a certain lofty concept that's hard to understand, hard to relate to. The mushroom is helping us to understand. Of course, the mushroom is not exact, but it is only a mushroom, but it's helping us get some idea in the way that we can. So this here also is intending to help us understand something that we might not have known otherwise. What they're trying to teach me, the neshama doesn't enjoy anything of this world. It'll bring it everything in this world, not going to be satisfied. Well, of course not. Everything in this world relates to the guf, relates to the body. The neshama has to be ruchnis. Baby can only enjoy it in the next world, or somewhat in this world. But not going not to have real enjoyment from the, from the material of this world. So what does it mean if I'll bring to the neshama? And, and what is this mushal trying to show? To help us understand it better. The commoner is bringing to his, his wife, the crown princess, and she has no enjoyment from it. What, 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 what is this adding? Is that, is that any better? Okay, perfect. So, but I want to understand the mushal too. What does it mean that if I bring her everything in the world, it's nothing to her because she's a princess? Why is it nothing to her? She's bringing her all the good things of the world. He'll bring her all the enjoyment of this world. He can do it. He's wealthy enough. He's Elon, Elon Musk and he's cashing in on his, on his stock assets. So now he has $150 billion and he could spend it. Because he can't cash it in because he needs to be the richest person in the world. If you spend it, you don't have it, so then you're no longer the richest person. Okay, never. <laughs> that's, that's coming. That's coming. So, so but this, this, this husband of the, of the crown princess is ready to spend it. And he's spending it. Why is it nothing to her? Because I would say, well, she's depressed that she has to marry a commoner. Okay, so then, that's the problem. But that doesn't, doesn't, doesn't make everything he's giving her nothing. He's giving her, he's giving her his good stuff. Does anybody hear that question? Okay. <laughs> Just because somebody said yes doesn't mean that I don't need more encouragement. Okay, whatever you can do. So, the horror is the question here. So I want you, boy side, to try to get in on the scene. Because the mushal always works uh, much better if we could try to imagine it to the point of trying to put ourselves in that position. Try to imagine yourself as that commoner who is now married to the crown princess. <coughs> You are the commoner who's married to the crown princess. Crown princess. It's very hard to get our mind wrapped around this because you know, we only know about royalty from you know 
a story, a movie, whatever it is. They don't really have a sense of it. But try to imagine what it means to be the commoner. Wealthy, but a commoner who's married to the crown princess. What are you trying to do when you give her everything in the world? What are you trying to do? What is, really that, what is that really all about? Are you trying to give her stuff? She should have a lot of good stuff. A good palace, good horses, good, good gowns, good wine, good jewelry. Is that your goal? What is the husband, the husband trying to do with all of that? You'll forgive me because just in case you're not saying the exact same thing, it makes it harder. <laughs> but I do want to hear it afterwards. I'll try to leave time. So my assumption is what he's trying to do is he's trying to say to her, I know how great you are. These are just means of expression. I know how great you are. And I will build this fantastic palace that has every single most exquisite aspect that was never built before in the history of planet Earth. In order to say to you, I admire you, I esteem you, I respect you, I love you, I am so, so, I can't describe what it means to me to be married. I should have that unthinkable, never thought possible experience of being your husband. You are so great. And that's all he's trying to do with every single one of these gifts, trying to say to her, I know how great you are and how fortunate I am to be your husband. And it's nothing. Why is it nothing to her? Why is it nothing to her? Because he's a commoner. <coughs> and the commoner cannot give honor to royalty. A commoner cannot even understand royalty. He's trying to say, I know how great you are, but who is he? He's only a commoner. He doesn't understand the greatness of royalty. He doesn't understand what it means to be a king and a daughter of a king. Maybe he would say to her, what can I do to help your people? How can I carry out your undying love for your nation to be able to help them, to protect them, to save them? To he doesn't even understand what it means to be royalty. And he can't understand, and he's not royalty. So everything he's giving to try to give her the feeling of her exaltedness cannot work. He cannot be the one to give her honor. It's just not in the same sphere of existence. And he can't really even probably understand it as much as he might try without having lived it, without having seen it, without having experienced it, seen it in action. So what then might be going on when people are doing 
or trying to do enormously great things in life or experience great things in life? What is driving somebody to climb Mount Everest, do something that few people in history ever did, which is fraught with plenty of danger? That's the drive in a person to say to himself in some way or another, I know how great I am. This could say to me, my, help me to experience my true inner greatness. The Neshama is craving for that greatness to find expression. And when somebody doesn't know the right way, they look for some way to give the Neshama, to give to himself that feeling, that expression of Yes, I'm so great. That's all the, that could be all the competition. It's all just to have that experience of achievement that is giving my neshama its need to feel its greatness, to be in touch with its greatness. But all of it doesn't work. Why doesn't it work? Because the neshama can ex- cannot experience its greatness from anything that's essentially of a material nature. You can be the richest person in the world. That's not what gives the neshama the experience of how great it truly is. You can have the most fantastic pleasures in the world. You can, you can afford, you know, $200 bottle straps. The neshama is not going to, the neshama is not going to feel its greatness from all those attempts, when he gets to the top of Mount Everest, and he's done it, the Neshtam is still not satiated, still not given that feeling. So I'm, I'm sure you might be wondering, so then what does give the Neshtam that feeling? Well, we could find maybe one example that just helps us to see but the real, the real critical point is that the neshama doesn't need grandiose things, fantastically big things. The neshama can feel its greatness in a very good way from very simple, small things, from something that nobody else will even know about. And the best sort of sort of example of this is the Ramam at the end of Hilchas Megillah where he addresses the question if a person has extra money that they could spend and they have a choice to spend it on a Suda, Simchas Purim Mishlach Monas or Matanas Laviyayin and it seems from the Rambam as we'll see that the main question is since the Ikra Mitzvah of Purim is Simcha, then which one of these will be the greatest means to Simcha and Purim, to experience the Simcha of the great Nais? And the Yisrael's been the Kabbalah Torah on a higher level than ever before. What will enable a person to experience that Simcha? A much more lavish Suda? Probably. Giving out... Uh, 
to everyone in the city, if you can afford it. That will help a lot. Says the Rambam, but it's better to give more for Matanas Lev And what is the reason? She'ein sham simcha g'dayla umafayara. There is no greater, more glorious simcha than to be misameach the hearts of the aniim, the seimim, the almonis, and the geirim. Who was that simcha going to be experienced by? Of course, the ones who received that help very much, but also, and that's who we're talking about here, the one who is giving that to, in the best case, people who don't even know where it's coming from. So they can't even get their direct appreciation. And why is this simcha so great? The person who gladdens the hearts of these unfortunate people is like Hashem. As the Pasuk says, and the Silsa Sharm says by in the parish in the parakons and Zrizus that even a, a, a Oni sees how Hashem is helping him to get what he needs for that day, the Derech Nais. He sees it happening in a way that he could sense that this is not explainable, the Derech Ateva. So the Ebishtas Misameach the lave of the, of the anim, the summon, the gerim, and they could sense that only Hashem was giving me the capacity to bear my situation. So the person who follows in that approach is being like Hashem. And that kind of simcha is not like the simcha of winning the championship and getting doused with Gatorade. It's not that kind of simcha. It's very subtle. It's very deep down in the heart. But that's what Ram calls the greatest, most glorious simcha. And there are times where we could feel when we did something good, that that was good. We help somebody, we're there for somebody, give a little chizuk. Sometimes we're fortunate they reflected back to us and they let us know how, how helpful it was. So uh, we could know that um, we don't need something that's enormous and tremendous or beating anybody else in order to give the neshama its real, true, good feeling. It's all there. And even sometimes very regular days, a little, just listening. He asked Barry Levine, how are you able to help people in a really major psychological problems that even the great famous Dr. Halpern, psychologist, psychiatrist, was not able to help. What is your, what is your magic? Pariah Levine said, no great magic. I just listen with a little feeling. I listen and let them come to realize that their life experience is important. It's valuable. It's meaningful. It has a purpose. We can't always know right away, but they know there's somebody that gives it respect and that cares for them. 
that's all they needed to somehow somehow break through so uh, we have opportunities awaiting for the greatest simcha for the neshama to have somehow no, no, has it. not the full peak but um, at least this much we know and we can see in the world no, one, no, no one's really getting it from the from the victories. It's an amazing, amazing thing. You know, when, when, when they asked the retired ball players what they missed the most about, about playing the game, for the most part they say what they missed the most is the camaraderie with their teammates. I should take my children to, to my mother-in-law's son to watch the Super Bowl and after the Packers won the last time, some years ago already, I think it was nine years, my grandson told me, um, when they interviewed Charles Woodson, the star defensive player, after the game, the first thing he said was, I'm so happy for my teammates. It couldn't happen to a better bunch of guys. He didn't say, we did it. We knew we were the best. He said, it couldn't happen to a better bunch of guys. So what is the real Hanoi in life? Only the Hanoi San Nefesh. Hashem should help us to get it as much as we can with His help. Thank you very much.